0: Hey folks, this is Robert Rankin Walker here with Cords, Vines, and Dines. Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce, and you're listening in
1: on Cords, Vines, and Dines. Hello, this is Paul Thorne, and this is, wait a minute, say the name of it again. <laughs>
0: session. Good afternoon. Welcome to Cords, Vines, and Dines. I'm Tom Plant. She's Cat Ellis. Hello. Hi there. This is an episode I've been looking forward to for a very long time.
2: Yeah, at least three weeks. (laughs) At least three or four years. I've I've had it in
0: the back of my mind. And and I was at the Belly Up in Solana Beach a few weeks ago and went up to uh, Billy Maddox, who's Paul's manager, and said, you know, we have this podcast called Cords, Vines, and Dines. Do you think Paul might be interested in being a guest, and it uh, evolved from there.
2: Yep. Yes. And it was a very, very good interview, which everybody will hear uh, shortly.
0: He just had all the time in the world for us. He didn't rush us. He didn't uh, sound like he had something else he wanted to do. He just, he was present. Uh, as you'll hear, very transparent and open. He, he holds nothing back. He's, no. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. A real person. Anything. Yeah. And uh, such a talented man
2: very very talented and love his stories oh my gosh he's on and off stage
0: and I wasn't expecting to tell him a story but I was reminding him about a story I'd heard him tell years ago and he said no I forgot you you tell me Tom
2: (laughs) (laughs) how funny he was great and that's why we've devoted the whole show to him Yeah,
0: and you're going to hear plenty of his music you just heard what have you done to lift somebody up uh, all original mm-hmm. songs, most of them written by Paul and uh, his manager, tour manager, and co writer, Billy Maddox. Here's a story that I meant to talk about during the interview, and I forgot. Um, Paul grew up in a very religious household as uh, the son of a Pentecostal preacher, and uh, not only did they not get to listen to rock and roll at home, he never went to a concert until he opened for Sting. Mm-hmm. In front of 13,000 That's
2: right. People. We never talked about that That was the with first him.
0: concert he attended.
2: Well, we'll have to get him back on the show again and talk some more.
0: I think that would be a great idea.
2: After I ship him my Sassy Mamas stuff.
0: Yes, you, you have his address now. Yes,
2: I do have his address, and I'm going to be sending him a care package of Sassy Mamas. Mo- Sassy Mamas. Sassy, Mama. Sassy Mamas. <laughs> God, I'm starting to talk. <laughs> 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 like I'm from Mississippi or something. <laughs> so from the South. Anyway, i have got to send him a nice little care package.
0: And before we get into our interview, a tip of the hat and a big thank you to Melissa's Produce, our official produce sponsor, melissas.com.
2: Yes. we got. You already picked out your new uh, recipe for the month, no. haven't hatch, you?
0: Hatch chili season is coming up, so I think it's going to be a hatch chili-inspired dish.
2: That will be good. I'm anxious to try another one. Yeah, I did use the rhubarb. Yeah, uh, very
0: tasty. You did a rhubarb yeah. strawberry and a rhubarb orange. Yeah.
2: And i uh, will see how it goes. I only made a little bit. Well, I had five stalks of the rhubarb. It was interesting because I'd never cooked with rhubarb yeah. before.
0: It's wild to watch it kind of melt in the it
2: pan. It is. And it was like, is it supposed to look like that? <laughs> I wasn't sure. But it was very tasty with the strawberry. Yeah. I was going to try to make a pie out of it. And then I thought, well, I'll just make a, one of my fruit butters. There you go. And I will be debuting those this thir- coming thursday at the neighbor's mixer in wildemar out at the corporate room from eight till ten perfect a.m.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> shall we get started with our interview with paul thorne
2: yes let's do that
0: so we're very blessed to have paul thorne with us today paul is a singer songwriter who's got a storied background and uh, you are the son of a Pentecostal preacher. Your uncle was a pimp. Uh, is your uncle still around, Paul?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that was some—that was something he did long ago. He's, you know, he's a seventy-five-year-old man now.
0: <laughs> You're not pimping anymore. Uh, no, no. It's, 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 it's a, that's a—that's a young man's game. You know, it's just like it's just like playing, playing sports. It's a young man's game. But that had a great impact on who you are today, didn't it, growing up with both of their influences?
1: Well, I just kind of learned that nobody's all good and nobody's all bad. You know, they're good and bad. And that most There are dark people that's just black inside, but most people have uh, some goodness in them.
2: I agree. I totally agree.
0: Paul, what do you mean when you say smell flattery?
1: Oh, just don't start needing it all the time. You know, you know. Uh, if you get a compliment, say thank you, but don't get addicted to it where you fall apart if you don't get constant admiration, you know. So just smell it, but don't dwell on it because, you know, it, it doesn't define who you are, you know.
0: That's a great philosophy. I, I think that's wonderful. Who did you listen to? I knew you grew up with, uh, with the church. I mean, gospel is just so evident through uh, every song I've heard of yours, but what were your other influences when you were growing up? Who did you listen to?
1: Well, we weren't allowed to listen to rock and roll records in the home we grew up in. And we, oh, the only thing, we couldn't go buy records and you know, bring them home or nothing like that. But we, we would just listen to uh, we would listen to our radio, you know, and uh, whatever was occurring on the radio, you know, it could be anything from uh, AC/DC to the Bee Gees, you know. <laughs> it could be uh, so, you know, r- early radio and uh, going to church, and that's that's the, the, the my biggest uh, building block helping me become whatever I became was just singing in church, hands down. Yeah.
2: We can
1: tell that you could hear the influence in your music for sure on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's just you know it's kind of like I I push some I don't do it on purpose but sometimes I I guess I push the envelope. And, uh, but uh, it's uh, have you ever been right in the middle of fixing it, make a great point, and it, and it goes away?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many That's times, exactly what
1: happened to me, just. Just then I had a senior moment.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry. Don't but don't edit it out though because people love it when they see somebody worse off than them.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'll make them feel good about themselves, you know.
0: And don't we all love that?
1: <laughs> and it gives me something to work on. I guess I might get some of that. Don't they have uh don't they have these pills you can take now for your memory? <laughs> <And>
0: yeah, <laughs> good luck that, with that. you <laughs> reckon
1: that <they> works? <laughs> you reckon works?
0: They might, I don't know. What do you think, Paul?
1: I don't know. You know, my dad uh, took some of it, and he said it made a difference. But uh, I don't know if I, you know, it could be just sometimes placebo. You can you can take something and think it's going to do something, and it'll do it when it, because you willed it into existence, I guess. I don't
0: know. Your mind is a powerful tool, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, you, it can you can do good with it and with bad with it.
0: In 2018, you had an album called "Don't Let the Devil Ride," and you had the Blind Boys of Alabama, the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. That was just deeply influenced by the church, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a there's a two sides to every story. You know, uh, it was a great fun thing to be with the blind boys and and get to tour around the country with them and everything and it it was enjoyable but just to show you about it, nobody's all good and nobody's all bad during the recording of that whole gospel album and the whole tour I was excessively drinking alcohol and uh, it had snuck up on me over the years and uh when I did the Blind Boys tour it was my manager's idea because I had been such a I had became such a drunk that I hadn't written any songs and so we had said we would, it was my manager's idea but I liked the idea I mean who wouldn't you know getting the same with the Blind Boys but looking back hindsight being 2020 in reality I was a wreck and uh and uh during that whole time you know PBS did a documentary and a concert film that aired on television. And I can't even look at it, you know, because uh, uh, I know what was going on with me on stage. I, was, I literally walked out on stage drunk and uh, and uh, just uh, a mess. And so I wasn't at my best. I'm thankful I got to do it, but I wish I had have done it uh with a, with a better with a, with a clear head which I didn't uh, but I haven't had a drink in over two years now and I don't plan on going back because uh, it snuck up on me because you know every night when you're playing there's so much availability of it and you know people are giving it to you Absolutely. you know? you're not even having to buy it and it just snuck, on, snuck up on me after a while and next thing I know I was drinking way too much and I was I wasn't drinking occasionally. I was drinking every day to excess. And so to, I don't mean to put a damper on the the, the gospel thing, but in a way, it I look at it as, 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 in the long run, I look at it as a victory because I didn't stay in the hole I was in. I got out of the hole, you know? And uh, I just happened to be in the hole when all that was going on.
0: Well. You're you're a different man now, and and it must feel uh, wonderful to have a clear head and and to uh, have your wits about you. Yeah,
1: it's, it's good to not you know have a hangover every day, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> and I'm I feel good. I mean, my my skin looks better, my everything's better, you know.
0: So it's all good. Well, I saw you a couple weeks ago at the belly up in Solana Beach. I've been going to your concerts probably for about 15 years, and the only uh, personnel changes since I've been seeing you is uh, uh, on bass. Uh, Doug Cahan left and got replaced by Ralph Friedrickson, and you have a new guitar player. Uh, Chris Simmons took over for uh, Bill Hines.
1: Yes, uh, yeah. Bill Hines retired, and uh, Chris, uh, we lucked up getting him. He was uh, Leon Russell's guitar player uh, for, eight or, I think, eight years so he's got he got got chops and he's a nice fellow too you know when you have to be sit, be around, around somebody every day you want to make sure it's somebody pleasant you know
0: and the rest of the guys in the band uh, I mean Chris I, the first time I've seen him but Jeffrey Perkins and Dr. Love I mean it doesn't get any better
1: yeah yeah they're, they're all good guys all good musicians good guys and uh, you know I'm, I'm They they've seen me at my best, and they've seen me at my worst, and same vice versa for them. But we've remained friends above it all.
0: Well, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, I didn't know until recently that you were born in in, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, but uh, Mississippi is home to you now, right?
1: Yeah, I don't even remember because uh, I moved my family moved away from Wisconsin when I was an infant, so Mm -hmm. I don't have no memory of it. But uh yeah, I was uh born there, but now I live in Tupelo where I've lived almost all my life.
0: And is there a Paul Thorne Day in Mississippi? Do I, did I hear that correctly?
1: Uh yeah, March 27th is uh Paul Thorne Day in Mississippi. I mean, but I, uh, and the thing I'm happy about is I didn't have to die. <laughs>
0: that's
1: know? a good deal, Paul. Uh, usually, usually you got to die. <laughs> the only person I ever know of that's super famous that got, you know, one of them that got a museum while he was still alive was Muhammad Ali. Yes. He, they had a big a museum about his whole life, which I've been to in Louisville and so he so he was a uh, I guess me and Muhammad Ali got one thing in common. We got honored while we were still alive. <laughs> Is
2: there something significant about that particular date, March 27th? I, I don't know.
1: I I figured they looked at it and they saw uh they had a uh, they probably had some woman that made a great pie. It was her day, and then she. But she was already. But she recently passed away, and she didn't have any family, so I figure they, they. That I beat out that lady, that got uh, an award for making a good pie. <laughs> it
2: sounds like a song making in there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. One, one night I was backstage with Paul and my buddy Traser with, was with us, and Paul said, how do you two know each other? And Traser said, we drank together. And Paul said, I'm going to write a song. That's a great song title.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up, you know, being told that if you are living with somebody and in a relationship with them and you're not married to them, that you go to hell. Seems <laughs> kind of harsh. I mean, to me, uh, yeah. But then I figured out why they said that. You know why they said it? No. Because the preacher gets paid fifty dollars to marry people, so that's, <laughs> so that's the way they spend it. They say, "Well, it's not that it's wrong. It's just they don't want to quit making fifty dollars every time somebody gets married." <laughs>
0: I never thought of it that way.
1: Yeah, you gotta yeah, any you know, the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says love of money is the root of all evil. And just about me and my wife talking about this yesterday. Anytime something um uh, crooked happens, you can always trace it back to money. Always. Yeah. Always it. You know, it's like I grew up, you know, I am But by no means do I know anything about the government, because I don't. But I'm not a whole lot, because I ain't in it. But I was a preacher's son for, you know, 18 years. And um, I know one thing, because I saw it. People that's got the fattest wallets get treated better than people that's got a skinny wallet. (laughs) I've seen it. And you know, and and the people that had the fat wallets they always got what they wanted, always, because they were the biggest contributors. And I just wonder sometimes, maybe I'm just completely ignorant, what if it's like that in the government, where, you know, there's some big, rich people that, you know, make f- such hefty donations that they get tr- they get what they want. That's and true. I'm not saying that's, just, that's that way, but it could be, you know, because... It goes back to what I said about you know the love of money is the root of all evil and a lot of people not just politicians but anybody's you know business they they'll do they'll do anything uh, there there is no uh, boundary of things that they wouldn't do if
0: it makes money you know I think you're absolutely right Paul I totally agree
1: yeah yeah I don't know I don't, know. I, don't I don't know that I'm right it's just I'm just a thought, it's just a thought, man. You know, just, you know, it's like, you know, just is. yeah.
0: So, uh, speaking about Mississippi, tell me about the, the Miscaster.
1: Well, when I got uh, declared Pulse On Day, I went down to the Capitol building, and a local luthier had built a guitar shaped like Mississippi and uh, presented it to me, and uh, I started playing it. And I liked it. And uh, when I first got it, it was a piece of blank wood shaped like Mississippi. But then I I drew a picture, I painted a picture and put a picture of a bunch of people looking at the stage. They represented my fans uh, who support me. And I just, uh, so they gave me a guitar and then we reproduced it. We, uh, very limited edition, we we, uh, made 25 signed and numbered guitars and uh, sold them. You know, to to and they sold really, you know, really they show sold pretty quickly, and you know it's just something that's out there. It's not gonna change the world. It's not, you know, it's like it's not like a, it's not, you know, like Les Paul or something like that. it's a, it's a. I mean it's a good guitar. I'm just saying I'm not gonna leave my mark on history as a, because of a guitar, but it was something nice that they did for me, and I got to make a uh, make a copies and, and a few people got, 25
0: other people got one. Well we're going to put a picture of it on our Facebook page because it's an amazing looking guitar and um, and that just kind of transitions into your artwork um, Are you still painting, Paul? Oh uh, yeah, I've, it's my hobby, you know, when
1: I'm not doing music, it's my hobby, you know, something I think it's good to have a hobby and you know, I just when I'm traveling, I uh, maybe I'll have a little time off during the day or something, and I might go to a yard sale or a thrift store. And I just look around, and I find things that catch my eye, and I just say, okay, we can take this, and we can make something out of make a piece of art. And so I started uh, drawing pictures, uh, uh, making collages, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff. There's, there's no rules in art. That's what I like about art. There's no rules in it. There's no mistakes in it, and it's, it's not a competition. You know, it's just something. That, well, well, for me, I'm saying what it is for me. It's, it's something I enjoy, and I, I can, I can get entranced in it. Uh, it takes me to a fun place in my head.
0: I think your artwork is unique. Uh, I love your expression, and I'm lucky enough to own one of your paintings. It's the one with the pygmies. Remember that one, Paul? Yeah, I don't
1: refresh my memory.
0: Well, it's a woman in bed surrounded by a bunch of pygmies, and her husband comes home early and is surprised by the pygmies fondling his wife.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) Yeah, some people might be offended by that one, you know. I'm not. But um, it was uh yeah that came from uh, that tribe of pygmies thing. That was something that uh, pimps used to say when they would talk about a loose woman. They would say, "Lord, she was in there. She was sleeping with a she was sleeping with a tribe of pygmies." You know, that, and it was just it was it was a different way of saying she slept around. Oh,
2: God.
1: <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it not a I don't know what a pygmy is a pig it's a it's a midget you know what, I said the wrong word it's a small person that's black that lives in a African jungle or something I, I, I don't know if that's true or not
0: I think that's correct I think I think that,
1: that sounds good. right yeah. I think that's it but man you have to can't, you know no, it's, that's the other thing you know I said midget okay I grew up no, that just when you said "call somebody a midget," that wasn't an insult. No, it wasn't. When I was growing up, that was just that's us say so and so's a midget. But now, you know, everything, er, it's, we're so, we're in such a cancel culture, man. You you say one thing that rubs somebody the wrong way, and they'll they'll try to destroy you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
0: crazy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I just call. Uh, uh, you can't even say white no more.
0: <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well I, but why we're not whatever color we are, we're not white. I am not white. A crayon a white crayon is white. <laughs> we're not white. We're we're not we're not white. No,
0: we're not. We're, nope.
1: so, we're something else. Yep. We're something else. We're like uh burnt yellow. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Sounds a little yeah. jaundiced like for Yellow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I remember the first time I heard you, it was uh, before it became Sirius XM, there was Sirius and there was XM Radio. And I, I used to listen to a channel called Cross Country on Sirius, and they played yeah. a song called Ain't Love Strange. Yeah. So I went to your website, I ordered it, and I got an email from Billy Maddox a day or two later saying, uh, thanks for ordering it Tom we're on the road now but as soon as we get back I'll mail it to you and that I thought that was such a nice touch that Billy would do that and uh, weeks later uh, I met him and you at a concert and so it's been 14 15 years I think that we've gotten to know each other
1: Well you know Billy's still my manager we we we've, we've been uh, working together uh, we wrote you know wrote a lot most of the songs you hear me sing, and and uh, he's been I'm 58 well I'm 58 years old and uh, uh, we've been working together since I was 17
0: that's amazing
2: yeah I was going to ask him about his boxing
0: career sure oh well you know
1: there was a there was a window in uh, in time uh, in my early well my late teens and early 20s I was a boxer and I became a I became a world rated fighter one time. I wasn't the best, but I was pretty good and I didn't win a champ I didn't win a world title, but I fought uh, a lot of great fighters and um uh, guess I gave a good count of myself. Uh,
0: in 88
1: I fought uh, Roberto Duran on national television. And I got stopped because of a horrific cut and I was bleeding too much. Uh, after the sixth round, they stopped the fight, but you know I took it as you know naysayers will always say, "Well, pa, why'd you quit boxing i didn't quit I, no they'll say I've had it, but that's I always say i didn't i didn't quit, I took it as far as I could take it that's the difference
0: yeah, that's a significant difference
1: significant yeah i didn't- i didn't quit if i if I had a you know quit uh uh, to, you know, you gotta know when to quit. You know, when you've gave it all you give, and you just come up, you, you can only go to so far. You know, there's only only a few people that are gifted enough to, you know, in boxing or anything. To only a few have that gift. You know, you got your Michael Jordan, uh, you know Tiger Woods, you know just LeBron James, or you got Roberto Duran, the guy I fought. He was special, you know, and he was he was the limit I could go to. I could get to a level where I could fight him, but I wasn't at that level to beat him. I was I gave him a good a good go, but he was a better man
0: and he was great. I was merely good. And how many people can say they rode in an ambulance with Roberto Duran?
1: You'd have to ask him. I've only done it once. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was just, it was an unbelievable thing to get to do that, you know, because, you know, when I was a kid, he was a little older than me, so I actually, when I was a teenager, had, when I was a teenager, not even boxing yet, I had uh, his picture on my wall, a poster of him, of Roberto Durant. (laughs) Then I wound up fighting him years later.
2: Wow. What did your family think of you fighting? Your Pentecostal?
1: family well my pimp my uncle that was a pimp. he was also my trainer but he knew but he knew boxing uh, oddly enough because boxing was a popular thing in our family and he knew a lot you know he knew a lot about boxing he taught me and his training i give him credit you know he he was good enough trainer to get make me a world-rated fighter so i you know i tip my hat to him because you can't become a world rated fighter, even if you have talent, without a good trainer.
2: That's
1: you right. got to have a good trainer. So, I tip my hat to him for that.
3: My boss. Made-
0: Can you understand why I'm a Paul Thorne fan?
2: Oh, I can understand, and I'm rapidly becoming one too. <laughs>
0: his his music is so good, and he's such a, an incredible storyteller.
2: I I just could talk with him for hours. Yep. In fact, we have to do another show with him.
0: Well, that's up to him, but uh, we'll we'll give him a little time, and uh, we know how to we know how to contact him.
2: I know. uh our friend Robert Rankin Walker with Heyday Productions Promotions. We'd love
0: to have Robert uh, join in the next time we visit. He Paul. would, and
2: he would like to talk with Paul about getting him out here into, uh playing out in Temecula Valley.
0: We'll see if we can make that happen. Wouldn't
2: that be wonderful? It
0: would. So you are listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines, our very special guest today is none other than Paul Thorne, and I couldn't be more tickled.
2: And that song we just listened to, Hammer and Nail, is all about him fighting with uh, Roberto Duran.
0: Well, it's kind of broken into three parts. The first part is about when he worked in a furniture factory. This is all true. He, he, he sweated in a furniture factory for many years. Then he talked about his girlfriend who went out on him 151 times. And then uh, the last chorus is, or the last verse is, uh, talks about the fight with Roberto Duran.
2: I would think 151 times I would have stopped at maybe <laughs> one or two.
0: <laughs> at least she was honest enough to admit it when she wasn't too busy lying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Great song.
0: Uh, it looks like you have the game of food in your hand, Kat. Yes. Should we We're, do a quick sure. game
2: of food before we get back to Paul Oh, yeah, Thorne? there's
0: a lot more coming up. We have up a lot more Thorne.
2: interview coming up with Paul Thorne.
0: All so, right, so go we, ahead. We got to do our game. My, our, what's my subject?
2: What's your subject? Ingredients.
0: Okay, hit me.
2: This sauce of chopped herbs, garlic, and vinegar is an essential condiment for steak in Argentina. Oh, God, you probably know Jimmy Cherry. Bite me. <laughs> okay. You get all these easy ones, and then you give me these Sorry. really bizarre ones. People
0: in pop culture. I thought that was kind of up your alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the first episode of the American TV series, The Office, which of Dwight's possessions does Prank Master Jim suspend in a jello mold? Is it A a stapler? B a coffee mug? C a bobblehead doll or D a Casio calculator wristwatch?
2: I never watched You the... never
0: watched the office. Okay,
2: say, wait, give me the whole question okay. here.
0: All right. In the first episode of the American TV series *The Office*, which you should watch, it's very funny. Okay. Which of Dwight's possessions does prank master Jim suspend in a Jello mold? Is it a stapler, a coffee mug, a bobblehead doll, or a Casio calculator wristwatch?
2: I would say a coffee mug.
0: Eh, stapler.
2: A stapler. How would you do that?
0: <laughs> to if you watch the show, you do, it's just what. Jim does to Dwight. It's,
2: okay, I guess I have to start watching. You it. do. All right, next one. Regional dishes.
0: Uh, let's do it.
2: Pokey and Spam hog all the attention. Oh, okay, Pokey and Spam hog all the attention. But which of these foods is also a noteworthy Hawaiian favorite? Fry up, carne asada fries, fish fry, or shave ice? Shave ice. God, do you know, you're just really... <laughs> ticking me off here tom don't you ever miss
0: <laughs> yes i do i've missed often just not today cooking tools and techniques oh
2: i'll just say b i'll be wrong you <laughs> <know>. what
0: <laughs> is it go ahead many northern european kitchens aren't complete without a flessen liquor Oh, <laughs> in a tool drawer what the what is a flessen liquor Oh, I, don't you have
2: one in your drawer? I got oh, about I, five I, in mine. I don't uh, know. Is it
0: a a Swedish pan for making donuts? B, a Dutch spatula for scraping jam out of jars. C, a Norwegian meat tenderizer, or D, a Danish grater for making dumplings.
2: Oh God! Uh, give me the question again. With a question. First...
0: Many Northern European kitchens mm-hmm. aren't complete without a liquor in a tool drawer. What the what? Is a Flessen liquor.
2: Okay, what
0: What was D? What was D? Oh. D is a Danish grater for making dumplings. Oh, I'll say D. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you got it. Thank you. I won.
2: <laughs> what, I won. You won
0: what? I don't I got, know, but you won. I got one. Okay. I won one. I so, got one. All right. Should we go back to uh, part two of our visit with yes, Paul Thorne? Let's go back to Paul Thorne. I was on the Outlaw Country cruise. Uh, I think that might have been the only one you went on. I think uh, seven years ago. Uh, you're doing amo now, right?
1: Yeah, they, the Outlaw people said I dress too nice. <laughs> they, uh, but, they said, "Paul, why don't you get some tears in your jeans and get a hat and put your beard grow a little bit?" Because I said, "I'm already tough. I don't need to. I don't need to act tough or look tough. Cause I I don't. I ain't insecure."
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the highlight of that cruise was the guitar uh, guitar pole, and it was uh, you with Steve Earle, Ray Wiley Hubbard, and Lucinda Williams. And I think that was the first time Lucinda had ever heard you. Do you remember what she said after you did temporarily forever mine? I don't reckon I do. I believe she said, "Why aren't you in a, a famous name in every house in this country?" She she was blown away by your talent.
1: Well, you know, I don't know what to say. All all I've ever done is, you know, try to get out there and do what I do. How, What degree of success I have, I really don't have a control over, you know. Of course. Or have or don't have, you know. There's so many people trying to do this music thing, and a lot of them's got great talent, but it's just a sad fact that some of them, in fact, most of them will fail, and it's just—it's just a fact of life, man. You know, and I appreciate what Lucinda said, uh, and she's right. i, I appreciate that. She, you know, I won't say she's right, but I'm saying she—she's at a spot that I'm not. You know, she's ahead of me, and but uh, well, I'm sitting up there with them, and these people wishing they was up there sitting with
3: them, but they're not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, That's quite an so orange. Orange. The door on the mailbox is rusted shut The grass in the yard sure has grown One of the chains is broken on the front porch swing I don't know why I came I guess I had to see it one more time This little trailer we shared in better time Way out young to see those big old black clouds moving I wish the wind could blow me back in time Those were the days I had it made When you were temporarily forever mine Did you know your mother still calls me? She's got a special place in her heart for me I'll always be her favorite son-in-law She wonders what went wrong I know Time can take this pain away But time can't take me back to yesterday Way out young to see those big old black clouds moving I wish the wind could blow me back in time Those were the days I had it made When you were Temporarily forever mine You were just Temporarily forever mine
0: I truly believe that Paul Thorne is one of the more gifted singer-songwriters of the past couple of decades and oh, his definitely. guitar playing is yep. phenomenal and he's just so underrecognized so much talent and uh, I mean he's got rabid fans I'm one of them but
2: Lucinda Williams is right
0: Lucinda uh, she i I was there and I watched her jaw drop when she heard that song because she had never heard him and she was just flabbergasted
2: that's a great song yep Kind of makes you want to cry, though. It brings tears. Yeah, yeah
0: I think I, I may have been guilty of shedding a tear or two listening to that song before. Yes. But uh, he's got, I think, thirteen albums out, and there's not a clunker in the bunch. His most recent album is called "It's Never Too Late to Call," and it. Um, he had a sister named Deborah, and sometimes after a show, it'd be two or three in the morning. He'd pick up the phone, call Deb. And uh, she, he'd say, I'm sorry, I'm calling so late. She'd say, no, Paul, it's never too late to call. Aww. You and I went to the belly up. I think it was may have been, it was either two or three years ago. You posted yeah. a memory a while ago. And we got to the door, and it said show canceled. And right. We didn't know what was going on. I I texted Billy Maddox, and he wrote back, Paul's sister just died.
2: Oh, it was so sad. I remember that. And then he re- rescheduled, and I did get to go see him again.
0: Right. And he does the Never Too Late to Call is the title track of his most recent album. And it's dedicated to his sister. As we're going to finish up. We've still got more of the interview to go. But we're going to uh, finish up with three songs, including uh, Holy hottie Toddy. Which holy Hottie Toddy. Which is from um, the latest album. And you have yeah, that Late shirt on. I'm wearing it. Proudly. You're willing,
2: wearing a Holy hottie Toddy Love Everybody yep. Paul Thorne shirt.
0: I love this shirt. That's
2: a cute shirt. Paulthorn dot
0: com. Yeah, if you want a t shirt, if you want a jigsaw, f- oh, he's going to talk about yeah. the jigsaw puzzles coming up, isn't he? Or did yes. we? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Paulthorne.com. dot com. Go uh, get your merch.
2: So, what do we else we got coming up here? We're doing something with Melissa's on Tuesday, aren't we?
0: We're going to a restaurant in Seal Beach called Spaghettini's. and uh, we're going to meet a chef and uh, get a cookbook, and I think have a wonderful lunch.
2: I can't wait. That's going to be exciting.
0: Again, our official produce sponsor is Melissa's Produce, melissas.com That'd
2: be wonderful. Well, let's get back into more of Paul Thorne.
0: Every year, it seems like my audience
1: grows. And it's grown without any, any and I say any, I mean any uh, outside promotion. I mean, it's just me and Billy and uh, our small team of people. With about no more than ten people that works in my organization, and, uh, we do everything we can, and but we are truly independent. You know, artists say they're on independent; they're independent. When they a lot of time when they say that, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're on an independent label. They're not independent. There's a huge difference. They're on. They got picked up by some independent label that you are gonna front money and and recoup all their money back before the artist ever sees a dime. But that that's not independent. You know, independent is owning your t-shirts, owning your coffee cups, owning your t-shirts, owning you know everything, and going out on a road and try to create a show that people will enjoy, and then they go out and buy your merchandise and all that kind of stuff. You know. One of the things that's missing now though that used to be a huge source of income was CDs man
0: right man
1: when those things when them things went away that, everybody had to start rethinking things and uh, uh so you know that our big income now is touring and selling tickets to shows and selling merchandise and uh we we got a one we got a piece of merchandise that I'm going to go out on a limb, I don't think any other, in the history of anything I've ever seen, we have a merch item that's unique to us, and that <laughs> is, it's, um, you know, you're talking about, we we've, we've t- we take my drawings, some of my drawings, and we make a uh, thousand piece puzzles out of them. Jigsaw puzzles. So, jigsaw puzzles, a thousand pieces, and we tried it just to, we didn't know if it'd go or not, but... Turns out that my fans, there's a bunch of them that likes puzzles. So we started selling puzzles, man. And we carry these puzzles around at the shows. People, they're buying them, they're liking them, yeah.
0: Well, I'm gonna go to paulthorn.com and buy one, but I am proudly wearing my holy hottie totty t-shirt. Oh yeah? So Hottie toddy, Paul.
1: Yeah, Hottie toddy, man. It's just uh, great. I didn't know what that meant it was a it's a phrase from Oxford. it's a college thing, but it's just a greeting. It's a way to greet somebody, so it sounds cool, you know, howdy tit, you know?
2: No, uh you mentioned something about CDs. I know vinyls are starting to make a comeback. Have you thought about doing anything with vinyls?
1: Yeah, I've done I've done vinyl on my last uh two albums, yeah. Yeah, well when they say here's what I think about First of all, I love Vine. When they say they're making a comeback, it's kind of like a man uh, that's 99 years old, and he's laying in the bed, and he's got a ventilator, and then he's laying there. It looks like he's in a coma, and then all of a sudden he sits up for about three seconds and then he lays back down and dies. <laughs> that's what I think about vinyl. When you say it's making a comeback, it's 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 in my it's breathe it's breathing its last breath, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean, there'll always be a niche group that likes vinyl. But I'm out here in the world, man, I know what sells and what don't and we sell some vinyls but it's only for a very small demographic of people that even won't find them, you know?
0: I've been uh, browsing YouTube and, and I came across a, a video of you with Carlene Carter and Tommy Emmanuel. And I, that sounded like you shouldn't be allowed to have that much fun as the three of you were having.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been friends with Carlene for many years and the uh, same with Tommy. We've, we've known each other a long time, and, and uh, we just get up there, and uh, we don't know what we're going to do, what we're going to say, or anything. It's, just, it's all off the top of our head. But we always, we, some people when you get, you, some people when you get on stage with them, you have, you, you, there are times where you really catch a rhythm and a good chemistry between two or three people, and it's, it's always magic when that happens.
0: Have you thought about doing a project with him or did you just run into each other and play when you can?
1: No, nah, he just show, he shows off too much for me. <laughs> yeah, he, all he wants to do is show you how good he can play the guitar. What else can he do? I bet he can't even mow his own grass.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if he's from this planet.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why do we want out, any more outsiders? We don't need no more outsiders. Don't <laughs> go back to his own planet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you also you also have a show called Tales and Ales. Do you just do that when the spirit moves you, or tell us about Tales and Ales?
1: Uh, I mostly I've mostly done them on uh, music related cruise ships where we're all there together, you know, and I can interview other artists, you know. Uh, we got some in the can, but I won't say I won't say we do it regularly. But it's something I enjoy doing. Uh, it's it's uh, not easy; it's not as easy as you think interviewing people for me. Yeah, you want to. You want to know. Obviously, you want to know something about them and do a little research on them, which y'all clearly have done. Then you want, then sometimes you go, well, what should I, should I ask him about his new record or should I ask him uh, how many push ups he can do? You know, <laughs> that's kind of the way I am. And, but anyway, most people are really good. Most people are really good once you get the ball rolling, you know.
0: I've just got a couple more things I want to ask you. Um, Ray Wiley Hubbard, I know that you know him, you played with him. When he came out with the song that referred to that ass Paul Thorne, did that catch you off guard or did he warn you that that was coming?
1: I didn't know a thing about it. (laughs) I didn't know a thing about it. Uh, Somebody in my band heard it and told me about it. And uh, it was uh, quite an honor, man, because I'm a huge fan of his writing. And, you know, he kind of made me into one of his songs. I, oh, I. That was better than, uh, it's not, it was better than the woman that, that got cake day named after, you know, the one I was talking about earlier? Yes. Yeah, but it wasn't quite as good as Paul Thorne Day.
0: Yeah, but uh, that was to be uh, in a Bray Wiley Hubbard song. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was awesome. I was just, he put me in one of his songs. And that meant a lot to me. It was, it
0: thrilled me, yeah. All right, I'm going to take you back a few years. Do you remember telling something called the chicken story?
1: I've got several chicken stories. I don't know which one you're talking about.
0: I'm talking about the one where you took um, Pop Tart to to a, a chicken place, and one of the chickens fell in the water and almost drowned.
1: I don't. You're going to have to retell it to me. I don't remember <laughs> that
0: story. Well, Pop Tart is your your nickname for uh, your daughter, who's probably yeah. grown up yeah. now, right?
1: But, yeah, she's in cosmetology school,
0: yeah. But uh, you took her to this, uh, this gentleman had a bunch of baby chicks, and uh, mm-hmm. they, she was just uh, just loving every minute of it, and one of the chicks fell in the water, and um, I guess the farmer pulled the chick out of the water and started giving it mouth-to-beak resuscitation. Oh yeah, 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 that's uh yeah, that was I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll yeah. let you finish the How did story. The story end? How did the story end? I can't remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that chicken uh, got saved and uh by god it was fine and strong and you said uh, it was wonderful for dinner.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh I do remember that. Uh, my uh, my friend Tommy, he's dead yes.
0: now. Oh,
1: Tommy, Tommy Lacastro, yeah. He gave a chicken a mouth to mouth resuscitation, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: that's
1: funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that.
0: Well, I'm sure I didn't tell it near as good as you did.
1: Well, I'll have to revisit, rethink that one.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> when, <laughs> I, when I retell it, I'll add some falsehoods just to make it more interesting. <laughs>
0: there you go.
1: I'm a storyteller, not a truth teller.
0: <laughs> and thank God for that, Paul. <laughs> Cat?
2: I want to yeah. hear about John Pr- Payne, Prine. Excuse me, John Prine. You're you're almost finished, or almost had him on one of your albums, before, and then he passed away. But you uh, played about thirty times with him, or opened for him thirty times.
1: Yeah, I, I've opened I've for John a whole bunch out through, throughout my career. He's a He's a sweet guy and uh, his songwriting is, I don't have to tell you how good that is. And he's just, a, he was a kind hearted soul, man. You know, the last time I saw him was in the Dominican Republic. We were standing backstage and we were talking about, he was gonna sing on uh, my record. We're gonna do a duet. And he, um, he selfishly died. <laughs> and uh, and he's always thinking of himself, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> and, uh, no, no, he was a sweet guy, man. I mean, and he just—if he never was around him, it was weird, man. Because it was almost like it was almost like the way re- people revered Jesus. It was like that. It was almost that anyone he walked in a room, everybody, everybody was just like. It was in awe of him and he was absolutely just he wasn't acting cocky or nothing. He just just had a light around him, man. It was it was really something special.
2: Uh, uh, I like your ice cream story with him about getting oh, ice Yeah,
1: cream. yeah, yeah.
2: And it, you know, you're just saying that you said that he didn't like the chocolate, but he always ordered Neapolitan and then took the chocolate off of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know we and uh uh, and his son his son, who I've also spent some time around, said that uh he would say, Dad, why don't you just get some strawberry? <laughs> and, <he, laughs> and he But he would he wanted to scoop it out. He wanted a challenge, it. I guess. I don't know what it was. I don't know what I guess he gave him I guess he gave the vanilla and chocolate to the neighbors, I guess. <laughs> I <don't know.
0: laughs> When you say John Prine's song, are you talking about Tommy Prine?
1: Yeah, his son, Tommy, yeah. He, yeah. I I interviewed, I interviewed him on my uh, podcast, yeah. Yeah, he's and,
0: he's quite a good he, artist.
1: Yeah, he's coming around, you know. It's kind of, he's in a weird spot, you know, because it's kind of like if you wanted to become a boxer and your dad was Muhammad Ali, yeah. you know what I mean? Some big shoes to fill, but I don't really think he should have to fill anybody's shoes except his own, you know.
0: On on a similar thread, we interviewed Georgette Jones about a month ago. Her dad was George Jones. Her mom was Tammy Wynette. Same deal. I mean, th- those are pretty huge shoes to fill. And she's a talent.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, man, I say good luck to anybody that tries to get in the music business uh, from scratch. Because, man, in today's world with the Internet and everything, you can put a record out and be excited about it. But you are just a needle in a haystack, man. There's so much content out there and so much music. It's almost like if you have a really big success, it's 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 like when you want it's like the odds of winning the lottery or something. It happens to some, but it don't happen to many, you know. Uh, so I don't know what to tell somebody just starting out. I don't I don't have a clue what to tell
0: them. Mm.
2: Well, I had I had one other question. I wasn't through with the ice cream story. Go
0: for it. Okay.
2: I want to know what's your favorite ice cream. I
1: like uh, I like that brand. Uh, give them a commercial Blue Bell. Yes. I like Blue Bell homemade vanilla with some shot ch- with some Hershey's chocolate syrup. Yeah. Liberally spread all <laughs> over it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah I, I think you ought to send a sassy package to Paul. Uh, I do. Cat makes uh, artisan mustards, fruit butters, and chutneys.
1: I do. I never heard of you make mustard.
0: I See, do.
2: I have a business called Sassy Mamas.
1: Oh,
0: okay, cool. So we'd like to well. send, like to send you some.
1: Hey, I'm up for some mustard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How about some chutney? Once I once I Google it and find out what it is, I'll get back with you, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of like chutney, a relish.
0: Chutney, I don't
1: know. That sounds, I don't know, I'm going to have to say, I don't know what chutney is.
2: Okay, that's all right. It's a, it's like a relish, and I make a uh, a lemon jalapeno chutney that goes along great with uh, a lot of meats and barbecues.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome. I love, I love, I call it chow. Cher- is it like chow
0: chow? Yeah, it's similar, yes.
1: Yo, I love chow
0: chow. Yeah, yeah. you'd like this yeah. then, Paul? Awesome, how long you had that business going?
2: Oh, for a few years, just kind of sort of uh, on the side along with everything else I do. But I've been yeah. it for a few years. And I've expanded, I first started with just mustards and now I'm doing the fruit butters and, uh, and relishes and chutneys.
1: Dang. Won't be long. You won't even, We won't be able to talk to you. You'd be so high up in the clouds, <laughs> sitting there with Oprah Winfrey and Martha Stewart. Uh, <laughs> there you I go. I don't think so,
2: but thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: I'll
2: send you. I'll send you a packet.
1: That'd be awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Paul, we we just cannot thank you enough for your time, and, and such I a enjoy, pleasure talking I, with you.
1: I enjoy talking with y'all, and I hope you get a whole bunch of listeners on your podcast, and I hope you sell a lot of mustard. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I hope I sell a lot of
0: puzzles. (laughs) We'll work on that for you.
1: All right. I thank y'all very much.
2: We could be your street team out here.
1: You know what, street teams is so 1983.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm old. What can I say?
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't need nobody stapling paper on a light pole anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are great. I look forward to seeing you.
0: We do, we do uh, too, what? and maybe we'll do this again one day. Okay, man. Y'all have a good one. You, too. Thank you, See Paul. It.
1: Thanks, Paul. All right, bye.
0: Cat doesn't he have the best laugh?
2: I love his, his laughter. I love everything about him. Yeah, it was such a great interview with him, and I can't wait to do it again. I sure hope we can.
0: I don't know if uh, most people noticed it, but it seemed at the very beginning we were kind of feeling each other out, and then at the end it was we were like old good friends and laughing. And he's uh, he's been a big part of my life. Because I've been just such a fan of his music and haven't gotten to meet him a couple of times. And this just brings it full circle for me. I just
2: don't know how somebody could not be a fan of his.
0: I have one good friend named Wes. And uh, I sent Wes a couple of his albums. And he said, Tom, he's kind of country. I don't know about him. And then a week later he said, I listened to everything again. he said, I love this guy. He's incredible. (laughs) So."
2: Yeah, and his concerts are great. I went to at least one.
0: Yeah. Well, you need to go to another. He's uh, yeah. his shows are, are magical. Well if
2: Robert Rankin-Walker gets on it. Yep. Yeah. Bring him out here.
0: PaulThorne dot com has the uh, all the tour dates. And we are gonna end the show with three songs. Holy hottie dot holy hottie totty. I'm wearing the shirt. Holy I, hottie totty. I should know how to say it. Um everybody okay Everything's
2: gonna, gonna be, be all right.
0: right. And Mission Temple Fireworks stand.
2: And we're going to just end with those. So until next Sunday from us.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines.
3: the best Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.